folks, welcome to Time to Talk with Corinna Hansford. I just had such a lovely chat with Corinna, who is uh, the founder of Active Canine Designs, talking about dogs, as you might have guessed. So dogs and dog training equipment and products and inspiration as well, you know, what, um, what inspires people to turn their hobby into their business. So get yourself a cup of tea and settle down and listen to Time to Talk with Corinna Hansford. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi folks, I'm here with the lovely Corinna Hansford from Active Canine Designs to talk all things dog and equipment, hopefully. So welcome Corinna, it's lovely to have you on the podcast. Hey Les, how are you doing? I'm really good. We don't know each other very well. It's quite interesting because no. so far, everyone I've had on, I've known for years and years, apart from... Well, I, I, I've actually known you for years. <laughs> oh. I, got, I was one of the first books that I got. <laughs> oh my goodness, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. So there oh, you go. Wow. That's awesome. So you... <laughs> So you're probably tuned into my accent. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> that's great. And I can remember when you first set up as gun, gun dog lanyards, wasn't it? That's gun right. Lanyards. And yeah. I got one for my, I got myself one and I got my friend one down in the New Forest and they came in this lovely box. Yeah. Yeah. Did it still come in the boxes? Oh yes. <laughs> oh lovely. So I knew of you then and um, I've now got one of your lovely, I mean, I absolutely love the new Celtic Knot Slip Lead. Oh, it's my you. everyday walking lead. I love it. And oh. I keep doing videos. And the first time I did one for you, you couldn't hear me for the one. The second one, you couldn't see me for my hair. And, um, so <laughs> I will do lucky. another one. You, you might get to my rugby shirt because it's lovely out there. Today, so I might look today. But um, Corinna, tell me all all about all about Corinna. So how, why dogs? How did you get into dogs? Did, did you um, start young or? No, actually, I didn't. I was actually late to the party on that one. Um, I just it had got to the stage in life where it's um, my husband was working away a lot, and I needed you know a companion to be there and and to, to keep me active and those sort of things and. I uh, just decided it was time for a dog. It actually took me almost two years to decide what the breed was. Um, and I went round in so many circles in, in, in deciding the actual clincher was when I went to actually physically meet dogs of those breeds. And I think it was a, it was just instant. I fell in love with Bizzlers. Um, yeah. Um, and for me personally, I, my first dog wasn't intended to be a gun dog. Um, she was just going to be a pet, but it soon sort of came to light that she was far happier when we were training and doing stuff. And she needed quite a lot of um, stimulation and brain stimulation. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so then it sort of started to fall into, I had a lot of really, really great um, friends and mentors who pointed me in the right direction of, what's the right way to teach HPRs, hunt point retrieves, re retrievers. And yeah, just kind of, that was where my, my love for working dogs started, which was about seven, eight years ago. Um, and just, I keep getting business. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't actually. I'm not as bad as some people. I've only got three, but um, they really are um, just an incredible breed. Um, yeah. There you go. It's, it's interesting that you started with Visualist. I was interviewing, I don't know if you've heard of Hannah Spearman. Yes. Have you? Okay, so I interviewed yes. Hannah Beaver. She's one of the instructors, an, an accredited pet gun dog instructor, and she's got loads of visualists, and she just, she's mad for them. And um, yeah. when you hear her talk, she just comes alive when she starts talking about her breed. And, yeah. you know, she's been We're to Hungary. We're all the same. She's been <laughs> from Hungary. And, uh, but it's not the easiest of breed. I mean, I've trained a few of them, mm. and you've, you've got bitches, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I know the bitches that I've trained in the past, I'll probably get hissed at now, but the bitches <laughs> I've trained in the past are quite prima donna-ish. You have to kind of... They can be. Yeah. Whereas the yeah, boys, especially the, the wirehead boys, tend to be a lot more laid back. They're quite headstrong, but they're a lot more laid back with it, even though they are yeah. dogs. Whereas I find the bitches are quite prima donna-ish. And I said, oh, I'm not yeah. doing that today. Do you find that about them? Yeah, um, a thing I would probably say most about visuals is the, um, so they are always like multiplied by 10 of whatever you think it is. So on an energy scale, they are high energy. Um, there are some, there are some that are calm and generally males are more calmer than girls. Well, that's my experience anyway. I'm sure a lot of people would probably disagree, but um but also, um, you can't have a heavy hand with a Vizsla. You've no. got to be very coercive and encouraging. And um, they tend to shut down if, if you, um, you know, if you push them, if you don't, they need pushing quite hard, but in a very, very sensitive way, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. But yeah, no, they're a great breed. Absolutely. And every single Vizsla owner I know is besotted with them they are they are addictive um and they're also um they they really are sort of um sort of a one man and his dog style dog so um it's not that they're clingy they can be if you're not careful they can be quite clingy and um have quite bad separation anxiety issues because they really do want to be quite close to their handler um mm -hmm. I don't mean in location terms because generally they're found a hundred yards in that direction or a hundred yards in that direction. Mm -hmm. But um, from a, um, yeah, from the old Hungarian days, it was definitely one man and his dog going out, you know, with his garden and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that, that dog, the reason why they became so versatile was that that, that one dog did everything, found the, found the, the game um, and, you know, obviously pointed the game, held the game, got your owner to shoot the game and then you went and retrieved the game so it was like a really they wanted a dog that did everything yeah. incredible dogs absolutely incredible dogs and um it's probably a failing of mine that I've never owned another breed and I probably should because um I'm probably a bit 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 too besotted <laughs> and I'm you know there are there are lovely things about every breed isn't there really I think there's a breed out there for everybody I think yeah. we've all got were. I mean, I've got two different breeds, and yeah. I've got a cocker and a lab, and yeah. I had a goldie. And goldies are very, uh, how you describe the visual lab, the goldies are quite like that as well. They've got a real 
backbone of steel and but they're also incredibly sensitive and if you don't handle them right they shut down and then the stubbornness kicks in and you've completely lost them you've lost that trust yeah it takes a lot to get it back Mm. it is it is tricky but um yeah i mean the the hprs very much a european breed whereas the british breeds the the kind of they're not quite as multifunction as the European breeds. So yeah. we've got, you know, the retrievers or yeah. the hunters or yeah. the settlers and pointers. And it was only after the Second World War that they started bringing in these European versatile, yeah. go out yeah. with a gun and shoot your game kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's definitely my, I mean, my, my forward goal, which is probably going to be in about 20 years' time, the rate I'm going, but um, my forward goal is to actually, um, to own and train hawks as well so that um fantastic to do so that you can do the full the full thing all together um but that's eons away (laughs) oh my goodness do you know any hawk dog people beside you yeah you've got people to go to oh yes no definitely we've got friends who um who work with both dogs and birds and it's just incredible to watch just it's really taking it right down to basics and it is very much about teamwork you know the dogs understanding the birds the birds understanding the dogs and yeah the humans just let them get on with it generally <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're amazing i've trained a couple of falconers and um it's it's incredible because you, you get them you know you have to train the gun dogs to be gun dogs and then you bring in the bird element and it's just absolutely fascinating yeah yeah um, it's incredible to watch really incredible yeah. And it was, it was a term that I coined from the falconer of mantling. Do, yeah. do you know when? Because dogs will mantle as well. Yeah. And um, and it was talking to a falconer because you know it was years ago when I was doing a lot of aggressive, not aggressive, working with aggressive dogs. Yeah. And I was describing this thing, and he says, "Oh, we call that mantling in yeah. the bird of prey world." And it's where the term the mantle piece comes from as well, because mm-hmm. it kind of over goes over the fire and it's yeah. i find words really fascinating like that so yeah. it's um, incredible awesome that you're gonna yeah. do the bird work and um well birds of prey are my passion other than dogs yeah i love them i love them i just think they're, they're incredible but i need to learn about hprs first properly <laughs> <laughs> i'm a novice i've only been at it for like eight years and um I, I'm really lucky that, and I think it's quite important when you first get into, you know, not just a particular breed, but wanting to work them as they were bred to be worked. Um, it's really important just to have a really good set of people around you who, um, good mentors, good trainers. Um, and I do think I got a very quick leg up by being, you know, being friends with people who were so encouraging and, you know, just want to pass on all of their knowledge and stuff it's just is incredible really i was very lucky very fortunate still am still am <laughs> and people can be so generous it's uh, yeah. sometimes to their feeling as well you know yeah. it, it, it can't be you know exactly what i'm talking about it can be really hard but yeah people can be so generous and i feel like that with nick ridley who i know you know very well yeah and you know when i first met him he spent an hour and a half talking books with me before yeah. we started I was halfway through writing the pet gun dog and he just spent ages talking to me and then I got into the photos but um people are really generous 
Yeah, they are really kind. And I hope that one day I can pass that on to somebody else, you know, when I've got something worth passing on. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm learning a lot already about HPRs. HPRs are my breed. Um, and I'm the first person to put my hand up and say, I'll train an all-round gun dog. If you want to take your dog shooting, come to me. That's great. Yeah. But yeah. if you want to work a HPR or, or go trialling, then I send you off to somebody else because it's a getting a HPR to work as a HPR mm. is a real specialised um, yeah. training. Really, it's not something mm. that I do. And you can really get it wrong, <laughs> and you can get it so wrong. Yeah, uh, so wrong. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of people at the minute on Facebook using uh, the lure, you know, the, and the oh, yes, Facebook. yeah, and I look at it and I think, you know. It's great when, when people who know what they're doing are doing it. Mm. But when you get people copying it and haven't got a clue what they're doing and you just go, oh, this is um, lots of work in the future for me. But, you, you know, it's that kind of thing. You, go, you need to be talking to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. With yours, you have to be really careful with HPRs because it's actually the opposite way around to how... Um, uh, so... so uh, Yours are being brought out a lot in showing, you know, collies and how they have the drive. Mm-hmm. That's all right for a collie, but it needs to be used in a very different way when you do it with an HPR because it doesn't lift. So you wait until the dog stops and then you lift it, but it's the other way around. You lift it and the dog stops. Yeah. You've got to train it the opposite way around. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, you can get it very wrong. <laughs> you, can get it, you can get it really yeah. wrong. And then, yeah. uh, you know, you see them and you let, you see them allowing the young puppies to attack it and it's like (laughs) let's not do that (laughs) so you said to me that you're sure you visualize as well yeah i do yeah my last my last two visualizers i've shown Uh it's just it's nice it's um it's probably more of a social uh a social thing but it's it's for me it's putting yourself in an environment to learn about confirmation um, and understanding what, what makes good confirmation and not good confirmation. And I think it just helps me want to read a dog better, but also obviously to look at future sires and, and all of those sort of things. So it's quite, it's a good place to be and just making it something social. You know, there's some, I've got some lovely friends in, in, in showing, um, yeah, it's good. And, and I mean, you can see the breed of the future as well. And you can go, well, I might stay away from that line, but I really like this line. And um, do many people yeah. who show the visuals work them as well? Are they, are they multifunctional? Or do they tend to either be short um, or working? I think, I think probably um, you might find more people work and show in HPR than perhaps they do in many of the other gun dog varieties um the groups because um the dual thing is is i think the dual thing is seen as quite um quite important that they they can do both mm-hmm. and that you know the ultimate is to become a full champion or a dual champion um and the way to do that is to obviously do well in the field and do well in the show ring um but uh, you know it's um it's not to say that you don't have that in, in other gun dog breeds, but it's kind of, um, I don't know. I just feel like there are more, there are more, um, working. I mean, it's still not high. It's still not, 
I wouldn't actually know the number to be brutally honest, but I'd probably say something like 20, 25% work and show in the show ring. Really good. It's, that's, yeah, that's it's not bad. bad. It's not bad. Because I find with the HPRs, I mean, I haven't really noticed it with the HPRs. Mm-hmm. Or if, if it's there, it's not quite as apparent when you see the working lines of like the working cocker as opposed to the cocker spaniel and the working yeah. lines as opposed to the um, show lab and the goldies as well, you know, the show goldies yeah. and the field yeah. goldies. And they're massively different. They're almost split into different breeds, even though on the pedigree yeah. they're called the same thing. But you don't really see it so much in the HPRs, do you? No, no, there's there's definitely not that split um, in HPRs. It's it's more... Um, I, I don't know why, actually. I'm not sure whether it's because the breed... Um, the breed standard comes from more from hard, from working lines, if you know what I mean. Um, and that they haven't been softened at all. It is um, to see a good, a, um, a dog that has good confirmation is one that can work all day long. Yeah. So that's the way it is in, well, certainly in Vizslas, I'm not sure about other HPRs, and, but. And that's how it should be, isn't it? It should be. Yeah. Um, form following function yeah you know definitely yeah. and yeah. Uh, and it's all I mean hopefully the kennel club are getting the house in order and sorting out the breeds <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know but hopefully they are and it's, it is starting to change I mean it is starting to change you know not just with the gun dogs but like the shepherds are starting to improve the back yeah. end of the shepherds and yeah um, I think it goes in cycles I think um you know, I mean, if you think about oh, um, Dobermans and what was it in, in the late 80s and things, you know, so many things have gone round in, in cycles where it's been corrected because it got so bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, the really sad thing is, is it's quite often vanity that takes it the wrong, wrong way down the road, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they are. Hopefully they are sort of... Uh, keep keeping it more in check and it was interesting when they stopped docking you know and they brought in the law you, you can't mm. dock unless it's uh you, you know now a working line um and just seeing what happened because my friend has rotties and so seeing what happened when these dogs were being bred with a tail because yeah. they'd bred them the breeders hadn't been necessarily looking at the tail and so you had all these rotties and Dobermans <laughs> with these like really fine curly whip, whip yeah. tails because of course they'd always been docked within a couple of days and nobody yeah. nobody took any attention to the to the tail and all of a sudden they had to be like okay what we're going to do with this tail yeah. we're in <laughs> a really good strong tail on the dogs and yeah. well haired tail so it doesn't get damaged. Um, how do you find because the visualers used to be docked, didn't they? And yep. they're not docked now. Oh, yours mine, mine are. <laughs> yeah, are mine are. Yeah, because they're intended for working, um, they are docked. Um, our first visitor wasn't docked, and that kind of made my mind up that I needed to dock because we we had she um, split the end of her tail and basically it took nearly two years to repair. So, I I believe I believe I think that working dogs should be docked because I've seen. You know, spaniels where even where spaniels where they've been left with a long dock, yeah, and and they get that coat in like blackthorn, 
and it just yeah. shreds the tail or it, yeah. and, and it um, almost the gloves the tail as well doesn't it where it gets yeah. cut off and yeah uh, and then it and that's even a time. dog who you know is fully coated and so you stick it a visitor in the same place it's it's um i, I think actually half the problem with visitors is, is that yeah and i'm probably the same with cockers and spaniels is the it's the happy tail you know, it's this thing that's constantly going like there's bang, 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 bang. And, um, you know, you can't stop them from being happy. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> really, you know. Excited. Excited. Yeah, yeah you can't. Yeah. And Bart had a damaged tail. And um, you can see it in the Pet Gun Dog book. If you've got, you said you've got the book. Yeah. So look at where I'm teaching him the seat. He's got a bald patch on his tail like that. And you can see oh. it on the photos where, like that, he would wag his tail and he would, he, caught it under the fridge one day oh. and then you'd go in and it'd be like chainsaw massacre at waist height in the kitchen oh, yes. everywhere <laughs> and one of the guys I trained Darren uh, with moss mm. he had to have about this much taken off the end of his tail that was a lab same thing you know high energy yeah uh, yeah out shooting and yeah the end of his tail because of it so I'm very much in favour of um, yeah. working, working dogs. I know a lot of people aren't, but they're normally the people who haven't seen the result of a day shooter. Yeah. Have to live with it. <laughs> have to live with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, um, you uh, know, if if they're not working, then I, you know, I, I totally understand why people don't want to do it. Um, yeah. And you know, it's 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 more of a practical nature of 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 doing it. But yeah. <laughs> it is it is definitely. Yeah, yeah so how did you go from um having your visualized and working them to setting up your lanyard business which are, are beautiful yeah. lanyards. how did you, you know how did you go from like just going out and having a great time with your dogs what did you do before you set your lanyard business up um so i did work my dog Stena uh -huh. and and Mika before then, um, and I would always have the whistle around my neck, and I just one day thought, this is really boring. It's a boring, you know, like piece of string, and yeah. so I ended up making something for myself that was a bit more colourful and things like that. And then there was, you know, remember there was all those things going around on Facebook with the pay it forward things, and um, so I sent out. Um, just some of these lanyards to people just to say, you know, this is the pay it forward. And suddenly people started sharing them on their Facebook page. And within 24 hours, I literally had to have Gundog Lanyards Facebook page set up with swatches and prices. And that oh, was crazy. It was just absolutely nuts. The number of people that said, I need, you know, I, I, I have to have one of those in my life. And I'm like, what? Really? Um, and it just, it just, then you know the next swathe of people that then got some that had paid for them then shared them on Facebook and it just it became crazy and and it just it, it I mean I was overwhelmed absolutely overwhelmed because it was actually just a little hobby for me of just making something for myself that was a bit colorful and um I don't know just looked a little bit smarter than your bootlace <laughs> or a bit of twine <laughs> um yeah, and I, you know, obviously, we got featured in magazines all over the place, and sort of like a bit of stardom that I didn't really um, 
imagine could happen with something as silly as a lanyard. Um, but we started making more, I say we, me, I started making more items like game carriers and, um, and some of the aero dummies and all those sort of things. And then it just turned into um, Active K9. It had, to, it had to grow because I wasn't just making gundog lanyards anymore. Um, and I didn't want to become restricted by the name, i.e. people didn't realise, oh, Karina makes leads as well. Um, so then brought all three of the brands together into Active K9. Um, and everybody's come with me, which is just so lovely, really. really? Um, yeah, sponsored events and, and things like that. And just, you know, I get so much support from people, like customers and followers and things like that, that it's just a small thing for me to, to sponsor events and things like that because um, I'm just very grateful. I feel very blessed to have been given the opportunity I did. I mean, I've always, I've got to say, I've always had a bit of a business head. Um, if it wasn't this, it would have been something else. Um, and it's just, I suppose it's just something that happened and I kind of seized it a little bit at the time, but I'm just so blessed, really blessed. Um, well, you, you know, um, it could have been so easy for you to let the opportunity pass you by, but you didn't. You went for it. Yeah, yeah. And now you can see, I mean, I've got so much stock. <laughs> Looking. <laughs> it's just absolutely nuts. And you can't see everything on that side. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... um, I do sometimes sort of pinch myself and say, I can't believe this, you know. And I'll, I'll do another order of rope and hubby will be like, God, not more. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, you know... I can't help it. If I see something I like, I just get it and just know that it will make a really good lanyard or lead or whatever. But um, uh -huh. yeah, I love it. So what was the pay forward you were talking about? That was, um, so it's when um, you sort of accept a challenge on Facebook that somebody says they'll pay it forward to you if you then pay it forward to somebody else. And so you pick five people who you would like to send a surprise to within 365 days. So it doesn't have to be immediately. In fact, that it's better to wait and surprise people. Mm -hmm. And that person accepts that challenge. So they say, yeah, I'd love to have a surprise, something through, you know, it can be a book or you write them a poem or, or you just anything, just something to make surprise somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and those people then, those that accept that challenge have to then pass on pay it forward to another five people so it just becomes a bit you know sort of spreads a bit where everybody has to pay it forward and they, they don't happen that much anymore I have to say it was um this was ooh, 2013 I think it was that this this all started um yeah just and I've received some lovely things some really lovely things on pay it forward stuff but uh, yeah there you go that is such a good idea yeah, I think the, the past, there's some things about Facebook that are really positive and really encouraging and, you know, it, it promotes a really sort of loving feel. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely try to embrace them when they do happen because you want to make sure that that is what Facebook is about, you know. It, it is. It, it can be quite nasty at times. And it can yeah, be quite, it can. It's not a nice place to be, but then when you see people come together for something just for the sake of doing something nice yeah. 
yeah. it's amazing which gets yeah. me on to the challenge that you did. oh yeah <laughs> the, the <laughs> online the 2020 online working time yeah for my sins oh my <laughs> thank goodness. you and thank you for taking on the taking the baton because <laughs> Well, I'm hoping somebody else is that goes to me. When are you doing the next one? Um, no, I'm passing the baton it's on. Passing it on. <laughs> <laughs> pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, pay it forward. Yeah, I've done my bit. Your turn. So, um, how did that come about? Because all of a sudden, you know, nothing. And then all of a sudden, it was out yeah. there, which was amazing. Well, lockdown, lockdown was starting to become a bit more sort of inevitable, and we were, I think, we were starting to find, see the real realities of what was going to fall out of this. Um, uh-huh. And I had, oh, I must have had eight or ten uh, events that I was supposed to be going to that got cancelled. So group events, you know, big like shows, training, working tests, all those sort of things that all got cancelled all in one go. It was literally within a week. Obviously, you were notified it's not happening anymore. And I could see everybody around me going, what are we going to do now? And knowing that it's three months, um, I just thought, oh, you know what? I had, I had a whole stash of lanyards and leads that had been made up for, to sponsor another event. Uh-huh. And, and um, just thought, well, these could all be the prizes. Um, I might try and get a few other prizes to add to it to make it a bit more exciting. And, and let's try and see. And honestly, I thought it would just be my friends and it would be, you know, I don't know, 20 people. <laughs> No, <laughs> it turned into 2,000 members and 190 entries, Wow! which just hats off to the judges because we did, we had to close it a week early because it just, it, and it was from all, I think it was because it spread across the world that literally we had to rein it in because it got to the point where it's like you you can't watch all these videos you physically can't watch that many videos and be you know be judge everybody of equal in equal measure um but yeah so we just said right (laughs) it's i'm afraid it's going to shut a week early but we gave everybody lots of notice by which time the entries doubled <laughs> but you know that was we knew that would probably happen so it was kind of we knew that was that was what we had but we, we needed to give everybody really good notice that I'm really sorry but it's gonna have to close early but um yeah it was um I have to say I was overwhelmed absolutely overwhelmed um it just it was not supposed to be like that <laughs> it was just gonna be a few friends and you know just a bit of fun really and then it turned into something, you know, where we got sponsorship from other people. And it was just great. Absolutely great. Yeah. And I had the same questions. Are you going to do some more? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not no. for now. I'm I not. need to get back to my business literally for a week. Well, a week and a half. Um, I did nothing else. It was just constant, um, you know, adminning it and stuff like that but it was just so lovely to watch so many happy people and I think everybody just needed a little bit of focus and a reminder that everybody's going through something you know everybody's feeling it right now and just yeah it was um yeah it's a good thing it's a good thing it was a really good thing and then we picked it up I mean a couple yeah of you did and it was setting the challenges was um because he didn't know who was going to enter. And 
it was like you had to make sure that you weren't breaking anyone's dog, you know, because <laughs> if novices were entering, you didn't yeah. want to break their dogs. And because yeah. there's a lot of challenges, not mm. like the big challenge that you did, and then we took off you. Um, not literally took off you, we picked it up after you. Yeah, no, passed it on. Passed it on, we took up the van. Um, but there's a lot of challenges out there, and I look at them and I go, that is going to cause behaviour issues, you know? Yeah. Or it's yeah. going to cause problems with retrieving, or it's going to stop yeah. your dog wanting to go out. Make your dog sticky. Make your dog careful. really sticky. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's great that people are, are sharing stuff and wanting to do stuff online, but yeah. some of the things that people are putting up, oh, try, see if your dog can do this. Oh, God, <laughs> no, let's not, you know? Um, and remembering that the dogs need the rest as well and the... Yeah, no, it's really important. Really it, important. It they're not used to this. They're not used to. I mean, I say mine are because I I train with them daily, and I know I probably shouldn't, but I do. Um, they're, they're my they're my my folly. My no, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Folly. It sounds terrible. Right yeah. Mate? Yeah. Huh? Are you mate? You got the yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I, I do think though you have to be quite careful about how much you're stimulating your dogs because they need as much downtime as they do uptime yeah. definitely and especially if you're not used to being at home with them yeah and it's a whole you know i can see your, your dogs are behind you my dogs i've i've put them out of the room while we're on the podcast but normally they're under my desk yeah and like that i walk them and train them on the wall and put things down for them to retrieve and yeah. do so much formal training with them these days um yeah but they know when i'm at my desk they've got the rest but if yeah. dogs are used to being left on their own all day and all of a sudden, you, you know, everybody's at home and everybody's walking the dog and everybody's training the dog. <laughs> uh, when they go back to work, the dogs... Yeah, they're going to have a shock. Difficult. Yeah, yeah, I think you do have to be careful and give them equal downtime. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, there, there's, there's, you know, a lot of people that quite often feel like they, they can't give their dogs enough time when they are working. Um and I think it's important not to suddenly switch them over to something where it's like you're giving them all the time. Um, but equally, you want to make the most of, of, you know, having that time and to bring yourself on on a couple of things. So, yeah. I must admit, when you're challenging, I, I messaged you and said that, you know, it got me really fired up for training because I, I trialled in New Zealand. I lived in New Zealand for a few yeah. trialled out there. I, didn't, I haven't trialled in England but or Scotland. I've trialled in... New Zealand and um and I've done working tests in the UK and yeah. I'm one of these people I get I'm, I get really bored I'm not the most patient person in the world <laughs> I'll go to these these working tests and I'll say thank god why am I sitting here for three hours when I could be at home doing you know um, yeah and so I, I I that was the reason why I stopped doing working tests yeah and I did I I nearly called him Ziggy I did the challenge with oh. and um and I really enjoyed it. There were really yeah. that you put. I really enjoyed doing them. I don't know if my husband enjoyed coming out and videoing them. <laughs> I, really, I thoroughly enjoyed doing them. I, thought, oh, I might start competing again. This is a bit fun. Good. So, I have to say, there was lots of people who contacted me and, and you know were like, "I can't believe you know how inspiring it's been to actually get out with the dog." Some people who have never even worked their dog. Some people who are actually trained obedience and not gun dog and yet uh-huh. actually some of them did really really well it's incredible to watch um and some people that were just like thanks thank you for you know um 
putting a bit of inspiration into the day to help us think, you know, what we can do with our dogs and, and how we can have, you know, just chill really, because it is quite stressful at the moment. It, it, it can yeah. be, yeah, it can yeah. be. Yeah. So I want to ask you about um, your projects, if you don't mind, because <laughs> as I say, you know, I have, I have really, really fallen in love with the Celtic uh, not slip lead. It's in yeah. the cupboard, otherwise I would go and get it and show it. I meant to have it on my desk so I could show it. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love it. And um, as I've said in the two videos that I've done for you that you're not getting, um, <laughs> One of the things I really like about it is I've got Raynaud's and I lose yeah. sensation, complete sensation in my fingers, especially in the cold. Yeah. And so when I'm using an ordinary lead, uh, I can't always tell if it's in my hand or not, you yeah. know, because I lose feeling. And so just having that knot yeah. between my fingers, or be, and, and I've been holding it so it's like between my finger and thumb or, or slid between my first and second yeah. fingers. And just knowing, and it's the for me, I got the uh, eight mil, so it's got a bigger, bigger Celtic knot to me, and yeah. it's just perfect in the hand. Mm. Um, I I'm so filled with it, honestly, I can't tell you how thrilled I am. Oh, I'm so and shocked. I just love it, and I think um, I think for older people, mm. you, you know, whose hands are stiff and maybe it's getting a bit arthritic. Yeah, I think it's a perfect lead for older people. And for people like me, you know, not, not that old, but with Raynaud's. Um, yeah. But I just think it's a perfect, a perfect lead for the hand. I think it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, excellent. Oh, I'm so chuffed. I'm constantly um, developing new ideas and just trying to find um, how to make things better. Um, you know, because I think, I think sometimes... Um, Sometimes things are made and you just think, yeah, that's good. And then you think, oh, actually, if you just slightly adapted something or um, it would mean you could do so much more with it. Um, yeah. But not but not for doing its sake. I must admit, there are a lot of things, times when I get people come and say, Karina, can you make this? And it's like, really? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just, yeah, I'll make it for you, but it's not going to be a, but sometimes there are some things that are made, um, especially like in, you know, in your instance where, um, you know, it's something that actually helps somebody yeah. who, who struggles in certain situations. Um, so things like um, steady fobs and things like that. It, it, there's just lots of things that have come come that you know are like that's a really good idea not just for the dog and for the training of the dog but also for the handler and how they handle the dog or not handle the dog <laughs> yeah what, what, what's um, oh that's i must admit i haven't got it listed on the website at the moment um it's just literally something that hangs off um hangs off a, a normal standard collar um oh, okay and it's literally just a literally a fob that's like that um but good for you know when you're getting a dog out of the car or you just want to hold I them use back them a lot actually i didn't yeah. know you were doing them i i use tabs steady fob yeah. if you like yeah. um, i yeah. know, know them as car tabs uh, mm -hmm. and your heel helper does that as well but without needing a collar doesn't it yes yeah and so i've got um It'll be out now so I can talk about it. So the new edition of the Pet Gun Dog books, yeah. uh, 2020, it's been 10 years now. So I've revamped them and I've actually got the uh, steady fobs, if you like. 
and I talk about them and how useful they are in training, how you can yeah. use them to stop the dog running in, um, yeah. to guide the dog into the correct position when it's delivered. Yeah. So, yeah. so you you call them steady for. Yeah. I mean, I was so thrilled when I got the heel helper and mm. you made it into a big lead for me. I was just tickled. Oh, I'm just pleased. I'm pleased when yeah, it actually yeah. helps somebody, you know, because, um, yeah, we did, we, I did some work um, for, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of the name now. Oh dear, head's gone blank. But you know, um, dogs that are trained to help you around the house. Um, oh, assistance dogs. Yes. Um, uh, dog aid. Yes, yeah. That kind of thing. So um, they came to me and said, can you help us make some fobs that we can hang off door handles, off washing machines? Um, so they had to be able to attach in a way that kept the dog safe, made sure the dog didn't break something <laughs> in the process. Um, yeah, I loved that. And actually looking at, you know, differing disabilities mm -hmm. and looking at how the dog can actually help it just blew me away i'm i'm just uh, dogs are incredible absolutely oh, they're, incredible. They're, they're amazing i've trained assistants and an assistant mm. she mm. Came to me and i said no i don't do it <laughs> i don't do it and, and she was like no i want you to do it so we did and it was amazing and um and she she did like a whole load of gun dog training awards she'd turn her brain a shine in her off-roading wheelchair oh. bundled up with her goldie and oh, i love it amazing amazing and, and it was yeah. one still chase way i mean she's doing all, all our own poo picking after our dog and it would it, it would go upright or it yeah. would sit and it would lean off to the side so she could lean wow. off to pick and um yeah. yeah we we trained we we trained things like finding the phone all all gun dog stuff really you know go and get the phone yeah. get the yeah. mobile pick this up open the door close the doors take the jackets off yeah. And, and just before I moved to Scotland, we did a, a hit an emergency button on the wall. So the yeah. dog would go and hit an emergency button if it was needed. They're amazing. Yeah. They're incredible. Incredible. I just, the, um, I'm infatuated with dogs. <laughs> just, I marvel at them daily, you know, all of the, like the, um, the gun, the sniffer dogs and just, you name it, all of them. They're just we take them for too much for granted really and I just I'm, I'm in absolute admiration of them because we couldn't do half of the things that we do do without dogs and we, and we wouldn't have evolved in the way that we did without them watching my back mm. we wouldn't have had time on my hands to do different things as we yeah. were evolving from nomad to former yeah you know yeah. They've, they've been part of our journey all the way and yeah. um I just feel incredibly privileged to share my life yeah. with the different species. And, yeah. uh, and so I always honour the dog for being a dog and not for a fur baby. I don't, yeah. oh, gosh, I don't yeah. do the fur baby thing. I, <laughs> no. think, I think it's to, to keep calling a dog a fur baby and to treat it like a baby in a fur coat to me is quite disrespectful it of is. the species that is yeah. you know, a, a, a social predator. I think it's quite yeah. disrespectful mm. not to treat the dog like a dog that's not when you say that to people it's just a dog and treat your dog like a dog they think that you mean treat them like dirt yeah no one of them no it's actually treat them with one more respect them. yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah definitely so, i think it's, it takes quite a lot to earn the respect of a dog and when you do oh it's incredible it is and just to share that energy i mean the, i i used to do um 
kinesiology, kinesiology on dogs. I'm a therapist. That's where I came from, therapy background. And just to share that incredible, incredible energy, you know, I'm yeah. with wolves and it's just phenomenal to yeah. be in that space with them. It's just amazing. Yeah, well, I loved your podcast with Nick Thompson because I do really do believe about what you put into a dog, you get out of it. Quite literally, <laughs> but, but you know the, the whole thing about how you train them and how you respect them is what you get out at the end of it as well. It's um, it's it's they're they're important, very important. Absolutely, and if you for me, I think if you um, treat the dog with respect, with boundaries, it's the same with people, isn't it? And with relationships, you have to have boundaries there, and if yeah. you don't have your boundaries there, you tend to get walked all over. Yeah. And then, but it's the same with dogs. If you don't have your boundaries there, the good chance of going to bite you until you get out of the way, yeah. get off my settee, get off my bed. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I can see your dog moving around behind you. <laughs> oh, she's just, she, she must have, I think she got up and turned. She must have just turned around and went, yeah, you know. Silly. <laughs> silly How lovely. They're, they're all great. They're all just, they're just brilliant. Love them. Great. Oh, Corinna, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely talking to oh, you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. It's been great. I feel very privileged when I see some of the other people that you've done podcasts with. <laughs> well, you know, I I really like your stuff. I, I um, really like your equipment. And I like, for me, it's finding the backstory behind the brand as well. Because people just see stuff out there and they go, oh, well, you know, it's, it's all right for them. They've, they've got this. But to mm. look at how hard people have worked to get there, yeah. I think yeah. it's really important. And also, it's really inspiring. You know, the fact that you started through doing pay forward is really inspiring, yeah. hopefully, yeah. people to be able to do something similar and find yeah. their passion as well. No, definitely, definitely. And you can, you can turn your hobby into a job. Yeah. I think if you love it enough, you can do it. Yeah, well, I did. I turned my yeah. hobby into a job. Yeah, I'm hoping my next hobby to turn into a job is to photograph dogs. But it's all right, Nick. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> I I have noticed your photos are really good. Oh, that would just be that's that's my next thing that I'm working towards. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So then you won't have time to do any of you. You'll have to train somebody else to do the braiding and get them yeah. to do the photos. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's been lovely to catch up. And you, thank you very much for coming on and take it easy, yeah. stay safe. Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing the next lot of products that come out. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> stay safe yourself. Take care. Bye. Bye bye.